On today's episode, we're going to be talking about a movie that has a little bit of everything. You got your action, you got your comedy, you got your big stars, you got a wonderful pair of directors, and you also have source material from probably what is the most successful role-playing game of all time. Today, we're talking about Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Let's talk for a minute. With this film, with exception for a few things, I had a really good time with it. It was very enjoyable, and my rating for it is a 7.5 out of 10. The movie is 2 hours and 15 minutes long. It has a great pace. It has plenty of action, plenty of comedy. Certainly for the fans of D&D, I think you're going to be very happy with this movie. And if you're like me and you come into this not knowing anything, you're going to have a great time too. Honor Among Thieves was directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. These two have previously directed the comedies Vacation and Game Night, and in this movie you can see that they definitely know how to use their comedic chops. These directors were also involved with the writing of the movie Horrible Bosses, Horrible Bosses 2, Vacation, Spider-Man Homecoming, Game Night, and then of course this movie Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Speaking of writing, the writer for this movie is Chris McKay, who was behind the Lego movies, The Tomorrow War, and the upcoming Renfield. And now that we know that there's a good foundation to this movie, let's talk about the people that were in front of the camera, the cast, because they really brought this to life. They did a wonderful job with this movie. First we have Chris Pine as the bard, then we have Michelle Rodriguez as the Barbarian, Justice Smith as the Sorcerer, Reggie Jean Page as the Paladin, Sophia Lillis as the Druid, and she was really funny in this, Hugh Grant as the Rogue, and Daisy Head as Safina the Red Wizard. Now comes the painful part for this film. Despite it being enjoyable, despite it having a great cast and a great crew behind it, it has been a bust. Despite the fact that it's from a property that is incredibly popular, that it was very well made, that it was on opening weekend put in 3,855 theaters and had the backing of a conglomerate like Hasbro and a studio like Paramount, somehow it still didn't work. The movie has an approximate budget of $150 million. It has been out for two weeks, and it has made a little less than $130 million in worldwide box office. Why am I worried after only two weeks? It's because most of the territories have already released the film around the world. There still are some places, like France and Brazil, they just got the movie. India and Italy are going to be still getting it in May, but it doesn't look good. So knowing that the film has now not been a success, I want to talk about some areas of frustration for me. And not just for being negative, these areas that I'm frustrated with are actually areas that I know are really great and I just want to understand where the disconnect is and why they did not work out for this movie. The first frustration is this history of an issue with one member of the cast and I don't understand this, Chris Pine. What, why is it that this actor is cursed with Paramount Studios. The guy is funny and charismatic, and why is it with the other franchises that he's also done for Paramount, they haven't worked out, even though the movies were all great also and highly reviewed with one exception. The well-reviewed but still box office failure movies from Paramount with Chris Pine include Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, Star Trek Beyond, and then the one exception which just was a bad movie overall was Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. But I blame that on the director, Kenneth Branagh, who kind of phoned that one in because he wanted to get back to Disney and make his Cinderella adaptation a great movie, but it's never an excuse to phone in one movie for another. Why do Chris Pine movies at Paramount, or Paramount movies that have Chris Pine, not succeed at the box office? I don't get it. When this actor is working for other studios, his movies have been successful. The other actors in this movie have all had successful films. Michelle Rodriguez, she was in Avatar, she's been in the Fast and Furious franchise. Reggie Jean Page, he's been in the Bridgerton show. Hugh Grant, is Hugh Grant, Justice Smith in the Jurassic World movies, 
I just don't understand it. And I'm also concerned because Chris Pine is going to be having his directorial debut with a movie that he created called Pool Man, and guess who the distributor is for that movie? Paramount Pictures. You know what? Godspeed, and I, I wish you all the best, buddy. You being cursed when you work at Paramount? That needs to end. My other frustration, and the other thing I really don't understand, is where was the fan base? I thought that this is a very popular game, and why would they not want to come see it when they hear that it's being made into a movie? Yes, I understand in 2000 a movie was made before it had Jeremy Irons and a bunch of other people, and it was god-awful, but that was 23 years ago. The Super Mario Brothers movie in 1994, you had with Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo, so bad that it's actually good in a classical kind of way. And now another Super Mario Brothers movie came out, and of course people went to go see it. They were nostalgic for it. So where's the nostalgia here? Does it not translate the same way? Different idea, I guess, for a console system being adapted? Is it a different thing entirely for a console game to be adapted into a movie versus a role-playing game? I just, please help me understand. And there absolutely is a fan base for D&D. Here's some history and some stats. Gary Gygax and Don Kay under their TSR, Tactical Studies Rules, label, launched, published the game Dungeons and Dragons in 1973. Game publisher and Hasbro subsidiary, Wizards of the Coast, acquired TSR and Dungeons and Dragons in 1997. Since then, the game has continued to skyrocket in popularity. In 2020, and I'm sure in no part from the timing of the pandemic, D&D grew like crazy. We're talking $860 million in revenue in 2020 alone. Also, check out these player demographics from mid-2022. Up to that point, 50 million people had played the game. 40% of those people are ages 25 and younger. 39% of them identify as female. 4.3 billion minutes, or just under 72 million hours of D&D content has been watched as it has been streamed on Twitch. So I'm just wondering what didn't work. Was it the kind of humor that was being marketed for the movie? Was it the way the film was marketed? Was it the way it was casted? Or the thing I've been kind of trying to understand is maybe, just maybe, this game is already in the format that its fan base wants to consume it in. The game itself. No version of a film or series adaptation could capture it adequately enough. I have a hard time with that because there are so many other games out there, role-playing games like this one, console games, other content that has been adapted. It doesn't have to be an all-or-nothing, a zero-sum type of thing. You can have the game and then you can have an interpretation of the game too. It baffles me because I would think that these would be the most enthusiastic people out there to watch the film and then watch it two, three, four, ten times and then buy the movie when it comes out on digital release but I was wrong. Now, I want to tell you where I took some of my points off for the rating of this movie. The humor was good. It didn't land all the time, and there were some times where I was a little bit lost and didn't fully understand the D&D lore, but that was not a big majority of the time when watching the movie. I enjoyed it most of the time. The other thing, too, was it felt like this was the wrong format for the movie. I think this would have done much better as a series. Amazon, I'm looking at you. You made Ring of Power. That really didn't work, and especially now that Warner Brothers is going to go back and make more Lord of the Rings movies. This would have been one that would have been perfect for you. It is possible that Paramount might try to make this into a series as well, but after this movie's box office failure, I think that's highly unlikely, and they're going to probably go back and focus on their strength, and they're probably going to go back and focus on their core IP. But this is a good movie. This, for me, definitely was one of my more enjoyable movie theater experiences for the year so far. I do hope you check it out. Let me know what you think. Thank you for listening.